well, like Allison said, I do have a talking cat, um, and he will make no appearance in what we'll be talking about tonight. So you'll just have to come to Winter Retreat and ask me about him if you want to know more. Um, I've been on staff with Crew for about five years now, and this week we're continuing our series in First Peter called Living as Foreigners in a Familiar World. What we'll see in First Peter is that while we're comfortable and familiar with this life here on earth, it's actually not our home. And for those in Christ, we're actually foreigners to this world. And that comes with tension and discomfort and sometimes even suffering. Our passage tonight helps us understand that not only do we feel set apart from our heavenly home or foreign to this familiar world, but we are meant to be set apart. Last week, uh, Chad talked with us about how rejoicing is the fundamental posture for the Christian life. Uh, For two reasons. One, because if you're a Christian in this room, we have been born again. And two, because we have a living hope, Jesus Christ. This week, we're going to talk about the next part of chapter one. Um, But first, let me tell you a story of when I was in college. Uh, Sophomore year at Ohio University, Lancaster, um, I was really involved with crew. I really loved the Bible studies and learning how to share my faith, and God was really working in my life deeply. I started to see every moment as an opportunity to share my faith, to see how God transformed my life and share it with others. And really, he transformed my life through things like winter retreat and uh, summer mission. So you guys should try those things out. Um, I was taking a class called Biological Anthropology. Have, have any of you guys taken that class before? Okay, it was a, it's a pretty cool class. Um, I enjoyed it. And, you know, at a branch campus, there was only like 20 students in, in the room. And as I began to see my classmates as people who are experiencing the same sorts of hardships that we face in, in this foreign world, but with no living hope or future home, I, I, I was moved to action through um, what, what God was doing in my life. So I, I would learn their names. Um, I would pray for them. If I saw them in the dining hall, I'd go and sit with them, and I'd ask them about their stories and even their spiritual backgrounds. And I began to see God work really powerfully within um, my time at college. So there was this one guy named Dieter who I would sit next to in class. He was this uh, German dude, and, and, and we became pretty good friends. And one day, uh, before the biological anthropology professor started lecturing, he, um, he leaned back in his chair, and, and he, he opened up his laptop, and uh, crossed his arms and looked over at me sort of smugly and said, hey, Aaron, in, in his like slight German accent, did you know that I'm actually German royalty? And uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was pretty baffled by this statement. Uh, and yeah, I, I needed uh, to practice some of the things that I learned through some crew staff people. I needed to have a posture of a learner and a listener. And when I really started practicing those things, I realized people start to say some really interesting things, including Dieter. Um, And besides the fact, he had already asked me out three other times. So I was like, where's this guy going with this? 
So uh, I said to him, uh, okay, tell me more. And he said, so actually I'm a German duke. Uh, and so he started typing on his browser, remember he had his laptop open, and he pulled up this official looking website um, that, that had um, a, a picture of this beautiful castle. And he pointed to it and said, that's my family's. And I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, he went to another part of the website and it showed um, a family picture. And he said, that's my uncle and that's me. And I said, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then he, he brought me to a lineage and he showed me how he is in an heir to this castle. He is a part of this family. <clears throat> Dieter had been born into a family um, and had the position as a duke, not because of anything that he had done, but because of his family. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Christian's posture, our current condition, uh, well, uh, the, the Christian's position, um, uh, our current condition, and what our posture should be, the posture we should take. So let's take a look at 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. You guys want to turn there with me? It says this, As obedient children... Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Right out of the gate, it sounds like this verse is calling us stupid, but <laughs> it's not. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, so let's talk about this, the very first part, obedient children. Uh, the title children implies really big things for, for the people of God. It means that if we claim Christ, we get to call God our Father. Therefore, we are his children. And that means that all things that are true of Jesus then become true of us. Um, because I'm his child, just like Jesus. This is what Bible nerds call our position. Dieter's position was duke of, of some castle in Germany. Our position as Christians is child of God. And there's great privilege that comes with our status. Our position comes with an inheritance. Dieter, born into a family, give, was given the inheritance of a castle one day. Um, to us, we get to inherit our heavenly home, like 1 Peter 1.4 says, and it can't be taken away. This verse also describes that we should be obedient children. And that sounds harsh, harsh, um, but let, let's unpack it a little bit. There's two main reasons why you would obey someone, right? One, out of fear. Like, think about the consequences or, or the shame that could come if you disobeyed them. Or two, out of trust, believing that the person who, who told you what to do knows best. And in the loving arms of God our Father, we can believe that he is holding all things together. That he commands goodness for my good and his glory. I obey my heavenly Father because I trust him. The next passage, the part of the passage, tells us something about our condition. So we talked about our position, now we're talking about our condition. What we experience right now in our fallen world. Um... It says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Um, for Dieter, his condition was that he wasn't in Germany 
anymore. Not living in a castle, nor was he with his uncle, or even doing Duke things, whatever that is. Um, He was in Lancaster, Ohio, at a branch campus of Ohio University. And that's not to say I don't love my branch campus. I do. Uh, It's just random, right? His condition was separated from his inheritance. And in the Christian context, we are separated in some ways, too. We're foreigners. We don't experience all all the benefits of the inheritance of being God's child right now. Although we do have some inheritance right now. We're foreigners, just like Dieter, waiting for our future home. So my next question to Dieter, after he was telling me all this, I said, oh, okay, so what's your relationship like with your family? Do you ever go and visit them? And he said, "Uh, actually, not really. My relationship with them is pretty rocky, and that's why I'm away. Um, And our former ignorance is actually talking, is tracing back to the time when we wondered without a living hope. It's, it's what describes our condition of being in a rocky relationship, like Dieter said, with God, our Father. For me and, and my former ignorance before Christ were things I used to try to give me hope, like my soccer performance or what people thought of me to no real end. It didn't bring any hope. Things that I tried to use to cope with the discomfort of living in this familiar world um, as a foreigner. But then I encountered Jesus as my living hope. And things changed, but not all of them. There's still things that I try to use to help with this discomfort and, and suffering, even though I know I have the position of in Christ, therefore his inheritance and all the things true of him are now true of me. Even though I have a secure position, our condition makes this life uncomfortable and difficult. And we'll learn it's meant to be that way. So let's go to verses uh, 15 and 16. It says this, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. This verse shares with us that we need to be holy and that God is holy. But what does holy mean? I think it's often a Christian word that people throw out and don't really know what it means. So, so let's go over it. God's holiness means several things, and it, it can't really fit on a slide, but we'll break it down. Uh, it, it, it's mainly these things. Uh, it means that he is completely unique. He is set apart from all things. He is completely pure and in right relationship with all things. Simply said, holy means set apart. So remember what it means to be a child of God? All things true of Jesus are now true of me. So here's the question. Um, Is Jesus fully set apart? Is he set apart from all evil and in complete right relationship with all people? Simply put, is, is Jesus holy? And the answer is yes. And so the same is true for us. The Bible calls this phenomena um, the already but not yet. I am simultaneously, I simultaneously have the holiness of Jesus, but also not having it. Um, 
Our condition is what we wrestle with, our, our, the passions of our former ignorance. Not yet set apart, we still look a whole lot like the world. Already set apart with all the rights of a child of God, but not yet because we are away from our heavenly home. We are foreigners in a familiar world. When we read this passage, we see that God is holy, but we are also called to be holy. That means believers are meant to be set apart. So not only do we feel this tension of being foreigners in a familiar world, we're actually meant to feel that way and be that way. For me, as I began to encounter God's holiness in a a new way, see how different he was than me? I had some pretty significant changing to do um, through the power of the Spirit. First, I needed to let go of all my former ways with, of dealing with life apart from God, like I had mentioned, my former ignorance. Second, I needed to continually yield all things to God, saying, you're good enough to obey, and I trust you. I had a, a nasty lying habit all growing up and um, a lot of my adult life. One I was trying to use to gain the approval of others by stretching the truth or even making up stories. And as I, ga- as I began to understand God's holiness and my call to be just like that, pure and in right relationship with all people, I came to recognize that I felt like a foreigner, and so that's why I was lying. I was looking for a home in the approval of others instead of leaning on the Lord as my comfort, my home. And so trusting what God said is true, that lying was harmful to me and to others, but it was also a personal offense to his holiness, I had to uh, uh, make a decision to, to, to actively fight against that. It was actually a tactic to make a home in this familiar world instead of placing my hope in heaven. So what do we do about it? How do we deal with this tension? How do I embrace being a foreigner and being set apart? The next part in in verse uh, 13 shares with us our posture. So we went over position, condition, and now we're on to posture. Um, So our position, children of God, our condition, people liable to our self-serving passions and looking for a home in our familiar world. And now we look at our posture, What do we do in the tension of being foreigners in a familiar world? Dieter and I, we continue to talk about his family situation um, and and what got him there, what what the fallout with his family was like, and it was really sad. I was able to offer him some empathy, but trying to care for him, I, I asked another question. I said, do you think you'll ever go back to the castle? And he said, probably not. I don't think things with my family will ever get fixed. Let's look at verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our posture should be an ongoing preparation for being holy or set apart. We see in this verse that Peter is sure that his wondering and his time as a foreigner will end. It says, will be brought to you. And we also see it when he says, set your hope fully. What this means for believers is that we don't need to worry about our status um, 
the status of our relationship with God. Our position in the family of God is, is sure. Uh, and that wasn't true of Dieter. For the person who isn't a part of God's family, who hasn't asked Jesus to take the punishment for where they've fallen short of God's holiness, this is hopeless. And wandering is really real for them. Where is their home? And I bet there's some people in this room who would really relate to the wandering um, that I experienced apart from Christ. Aimless in purpose, longing for direction and meaning, and searching for a living hope. And if that's you tonight, there's really good news. God the Father sent his son Jesus to pay for our wandering condition, the, the thing that makes us enemies of God. And when we allow Jesus to take the punishment for all of our shortcomings, we exchange our condition with his position. We gain a living hope and become children of God. With that assurance, we see in the verse as it goes on, other action words that dictate our posture. In this verse, we see two ing verbs, um, meaning that they're present active, something that we need to do now and continue to do. Uh, so I prepare my mind for action, and I am sober-minded. And to what end? To set my hope fully on the grace that will be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, I'm supposed to partner with God in setting uh, and becoming set apart just as he is set apart. In other words, having my condition broken and still acting against the holiness of God meet my position in full right relationship with God, pure of all evil. So a little review using the title for our series. We're foreigners, that's our position. In a familiar world, that's our condition. And what should our posture be? Continually setting our eyes on our heavenly home and being set apart. I think you should ask yourself these three reflection questions based on um, position, condition, and posture. One, do I believe that I'm a child of God, and, and do I trust him enough to obey? Two, how do I need to partner with God so that he will aid me in being set apart from my ways of, my leftover ways of living apart from him when he wasn't my living hope? Or put in other words, in what ways does the Lord want to make me just like Jesus in all of his holiness? And three, where am I placing my hope apart from Jesus? Along the way, we'll be uncomfortable. We'll feel the tension and we'll long for a home in heaven. Yet we can set our hope fully on the grace that will be brought to us. After all, we are foreigners in a familiar world with a heavenly home Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU. Or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at ou.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. 
Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the 180 Podcast.